If you were following along with the gospel in the book, you may have noticed that uh, our gospel passage for today skips around a little bit. Now, that's not unusual. The readings at Mass sometimes, especially if it's uh, a passage of, a, of an event and it's a longer uh, passage of Scripture, it may skip around just for the sake of compressing it, making it more uh, compact. But the jump that we see in our gospel is very unusual. It begins with the first four verses of Luke's gospel. Uh, Sort of this introduction Luke gives to why he's writing this gospel. And then it jumps way ahead to the middle of Luke chapter 4. Why? Well, one reason or one part of the reason probably is that everything in between in Luke's gospel involves the Uh, birth of Christ, his childhood, the events of Christmas, Epiphany, and the baptism of the Lord that we've just read in the past six weeks or so. The other reason, I would say, the main reason, is that our readings today emphasize the importance of sacred scripture. They speak of the very purpose of sacred scripture for the life of the believer. For example, in our first reading, In the book of Nehemiah, the priest scribe Ezra, he's reading the law of Moses aloud to the people of Israel after their return from exile in Babylon. Then in our gospel, we see Jesus, great high priest, our great high priest and interpreter of God's law, reading the promises of salvation from the book of the prophet Isaiah in the synagogue in Nazareth. There's a real parallel between these two passages, right? I mean, in both both situations, the proclamation of God's word, it's a call for repentance. It also inspires hope of salvation. The difference is, in Ezra's day, that salvation was still centuries off. And in Jesus' day, he is announcing that this long-promised salvation is present now. Now, hearing that, you might think, okay, why include these first four verses from Luke's gospel? Why not just begin with Luke 4, 13 or whatever? Well, I think the reason is this. Luke tells us that he wrote his gospel so that you might realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. He wrote the gospel so that we might have certainty about Christ, so that we might have certainty about the truths necessary for salvation. And the Greek word that we translate as certainty is asphalia. It's the Greek word from which we get our word asphalt. You know, and so this Greek word, it calls to mind firmness and security, reliability. In other words, Luke isn't giving us a myth or a fairy tale, but history. He's not giving us his opinion or a hot take. He's given us the Solid is rock truth. Now, I could imagine someone objecting, look, in a world where it seems that everybody tries to spin and twist events to fit a predetermined narrative. How can I say that Luke's gospel is the solid as rock truth? We know that the teachings of sacred scripture, we know that sacred scripture itself is true and certain because it is divinely inspired. God himself is the primary author of sacred scripture. Now, 
Obviously, he chose individuals like St. Luke to be the human authors, instruments who under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit composed everything and only those things that God intended. Right? And this, this is true of sacred scripture. It's also true of sacred tradition that those oral teachings handed down from generation to generation in the church. God's revelation in both scripture and tradition is certain. In fact, it's the most certain of knowledge because it comes from God who cannot himself deceive nor be deceived. What should we do with this information? You know, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives one of my favorite parables. It's a short parable. The parable of the wise and foolish builders. And it's so short, I'm just going to read it here. It's, It's a few verses long. Here's what he says. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. And what's he saying there? That these words that Jesus spoke, the words of God in Scripture and tradition, they are firm and certain. And once we hear them, the choice is ours. Are we going to act upon them or not? Are we going to make them the very foundation of our life? Or will we seek to build our house, so to speak, on the shifting sands of, of something else, of this world or or, or any number of, of, of things. We must make the word of God the very foundation of our life, and to do that, it begins with hearing it or reading it. Uh, we must daily immerse ourselves in sacred scripture. And if you hear that and you think, you know, I've tried to read the Bible, it's hard, I don't get it. Well, start small. You know, this year we're reading the Gospel of Luke. Start there. Say, I'll I'll read a chapter or half a chapter a day. And don't just read it to get it done. We need to read it and reflect on it. We need to read it prayerfully. We need to meditate upon it. I'll I'll give an example of this. Uh, St. Augustine is a great saint and one of the greatest theologians we've ever produced. And he went through a very dramatic conversion uh, as a young adult. And it, it kind of a key moment in this, he, he had begun to be very attracted to the Catholic faith, but he was still attached to sin. So he felt very torn inside. He was very frustrated at this interior conflict. And so one day he goes to a garden uh, for some solitude. And sitting underneath a tree, he hears a child singing, Tole Lege, take and read. We had a Bible with him, so he picked up and read a passage from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. And he felt... Um, these, this interior conflict wash away. He was able to say yes to Christ and become Catholic. Now, but that was not a one-time thing. He did not stop taking and reading scripture after that one day. It, he continued to do it all the days of his life to meditate on the law of the Lord. He built his life on this solid and firm foundation, and so must we May we, like Augustine, take and read the word of God every day and then act upon it so that our life will be built upon the firmest of foundations, 
a foundation that can withstand any of the storms life will throw our way.